Hi, welcome to Forever Paranormal with Dr. Bill and Deb. The term paranormal refers to phenomena and experiences that are beyond the scope of normal scientific understanding and cannot be easily explained through traditional scientific principles. These phenomena often challenge conventional beliefs and are associated with the supernatural, metaphysical, or unexplained aspects of reality. As with any field of inquiry, it is essential to approach the paranormal with an open but critical mind, relying on empirical evidence and logical reasoning to draw conclusions. It's a topic that continues to intrigue and challenge both believers and skeptics alike, and if we can connect a paranormal element to it, we'll talk about it. You'll be surprised by what all can be connected to the paranormal. Please don't forget to follow, rate, and share the show, since it would not be possible without you, our listeners. And as a public service, we would like to let everyone know that you are truly never alone, even if you think you are. The Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is 988. Please just reach out. Well, hello there everyone, and welcome to this week's episode where we are going to discuss the Michigan Dogman. We spoke briefly of this particular cryptid in episode 5, where we covered some of the different variations of the Dogman. But now we will dig deeper on this one as well as hear about various sightings and some personal encounters that have been reported to North American Dogman sightings. Hi, Deb. Hi. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. So, anything new or exciting do you want to talk about or report on this week? Sure. I ran across an article of 20 weird jobs you've probably never heard of. Would you like to hear a handful or so? Sure. Number one, hand pollinator. This is where people take their little tiny paintbrushes out to plants to, you know, wherever they grow saffron or vanilla orchids or stuff like that. And they dust off the pollen, I suppose. And take it over and pollinate each other with it, huh? Yeah, I don't know. Now, I was afraid you were going to talk about hand something else there for a minute, mm-hmm, but yeah, no. go on. Okay. Um, <laughs> number two, there are people hired to go deep in the woods to find where campers or you know loiterers or whomever have traipsed through the wood and dumped their trash and they don't pick it up mind you they just report it to whomever to come and get it and then they go through it and investigate if they can find out who dumped it so we got trash police out in the middle of the woods yes. wanting to know who dropped that twix bar right yep did they sure eat the do. right one or the left one first <laughs> i don't know Number three, pet food taste tester. What? Yep, you heard it. I think it speaks for itself. Hey, uh, does it pay really well? I would hope. These jobs supposedly pay more than you would expect. I would hope something like that would pay a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, just think having that stinky tuna taste in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Oh, yuck. Okay. Mm, Got another one, or are we moving on? Last one. Okay. Pine cone harvester. Apparently, 
helicopters go and chop off the top of pine trees and they bring it down and these people are hired to pick off the cones and those cones are sent to tree planters to germinate and plant more trees. Oh, so they kill trees to grow trees. Well, does that kill it by chopping off the top of it? I don't know, but they're they're, they're still damaging trees to grow trees. Mm, Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. Not Mm. really. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) Thank you for that, though. That was interesting. Yep. I know you have a whole bunch more, but... No, I'm not maybe gonna. maybe at another time. Yeah. Uh, thanks. You know, I d- did run across something that could be a job for someone. I ran across the website, believe it or not, that tells you how to hunt dogmen. You could become a professional dogman hunter. I, I kid you not. There's a website out there where the guy goes to and explains the whole thing how to hunt a dogman. But we're going to get back to the topic here. <laughs> The legend of the Dogman has indeed gained popularity through a combination of stories, eyewitness accounts, and regional folklore, primarily in certain parts of North America, even though it's been seen all over the world. The reports often share common themes describing a creature with a wolf-like or dog-like appearance, standing upright on two legs, bipedal, and having a fur-covered body. Some accounts go further to suggest more humanoid features, such as hands with shorter, broader fingers, and some with claws at the end. These stories have been circulated through various mediums, including local legends, radio shows, podcasts, and online forums. The Michigan Dogman is one of the most well-known variations of this legend, and it has become a part of the cryptozoological lore in the United States. The creature is said to be particularly associated with the Forest of Michigan, and sightings have been reported in most of the other states as well. So if they're spotted in other states, why wouldn't they be called something from those states? Well, they do go by various names. If you remember back to episode 5, we discussed the Dwayo, mm-hmm. which is a dogman-type being in Maryland. And the Beast of Bray Road, which is a dogman in Wisconsin. And different states have different local legend names, just like they do for Bigfoot and other things like that. Because when those legends started and those sightings started, there wasn't a common name like Dogman or Bigfoot or Sasquatch. So they had the Hairy Man, they had the Dwayo, they had the Beast of Bray Road, things like that. So they do call them by different names. I see. Yeah. The legend of the Michigan Dogman really gained prominence in 1987 when a disc jockey named Steve Cook recorded a song called The Legend for a radio station. The song described an encounter with a creature known as the Michigan Dogman, and it played into the local legend and stories that had been circulating in the area. Just for record, this song has been re-recorded several times with new things added to it and music added in the background and things like that. But this creature is typically referred to as the Michigan Dogman or the Michigan Werewolf. There are multiple newspaper articles, shows, podcasts, and even a website dedicated to the North American Dogman Project. The Dogman is not a new cryptid that began with the internet. This creature was first sighted in 1887 
in Wexford County, Michigan. That's the first reported sighting. However, it is said to have been stalking the area around the Manningstee River since the days when the Odawa peoples lived there. It is usually described as a seven-foot-tall, bipedal, canine-like animal with the torso of a man having blue or amber eyes and a fearsome howl that sounds like a human scream. They are said to be extremely intelligent. According to legends, the Michigan Dogman appears in a 10-year cycle that falls on years ending in 7. Sightings have been reported in several locations throughout Michigan, but primarily in the northwestern quadrant of the Lower Peninsula. So how do they keep track of years? Surely they don't walk down to Walmart and buy a calendar. Well, I don't know. They may. But, um, <laughs> you know, I don't think the, the years thing is factual. It's Because we're going to hear some stories where they were not on those seven years. But we're going to talk about that in a little more in depth as we go along here. It is said they seem to have different and unique personalities. Some seem curious. Some are helpful. I read one story where one threw rocks so some guy could escape the police, which, yeah, there's a big grain of salt. Some are territorial, and others appear to be downright evil. But according to eyewitness reports, it appears as if the evil ones are rare. Though... I'm not sure how this can be determined. I mean, I'm not really sure at all. It could be that a lot of time people are maybe getting too close to a den or maybe there's a young one around. They seem to rarely hurt people and will bluff charge to scare you. They, like another popular cryptid, may use some type of infrasound to scare people off and that's the fear and dread people see and have. However... Some scientific theories lean more towards the use of pheromones to scare the crap out of us since this type of reaction to certain pheromones is something that has been in our DNA since the beginning. Since you mentioned scientific theories, they must believe they really exist and are not a myth. Is that correct? No, I don't think that's a accurate assumption. They base the theories, I believe, on the people's reactions to certain things more than to the thing itself. It's more of a psychological theory than, than a physical theory. And some researchers have speculated that the dogman may be a spiritual protector of ancient native mounds. Some claim them to be an elemental, and some have tied the dogman sightings to what have been considered ancient sites. They seem to be able to run incredibly fast. They've been known to keep up with vehicles going 65 miles an hour faster, reported by different witnesses. That's pretty darn fast. Also, when they run on all fours, it's said that they appear to pull themselves forward with their hands. Most seem to be near 7 foot tall, with alpha males reported to be taller. They are said to be like the big guy, the Tinoch, and tap on windows. I got that in. Mm -hmm. One eerily similar thing that seems to get reported a lot is a menacing type of grin they have when they look directly at you. To me, that's probably the scariest part. 
but the first alleged encounter of the Michigan Dogman that's been reported occurred in 1887 in Wexford County when two lumberjacks saw a creature which they described as having a man's body and a dog's head. In 1937, in Paris, Michigan, Robert Fortney was attacked by five wild dogs and said that one of the five walked on two legs. Reports of similar creatures also came from the Allegan County in the 1950s and a Manisti and Cross Village in 1967. In 1961, a night watchman who was patrolling a manufacturing plant in Big Rapids, Michigan, saw a strange figure. At first, he thought it was a person until he saw the dog-like features. He pulled his gun and was about to shoot when he remembered his camera and took a picture of the horrific beast. That photo has not been analyzed, and it still remains an unsolved mystery. You know, I am still puzzled by the choice to take a picture rather than protect himself. Yeah, me too. And I know we talked about this one quickly in, in episode five. Mm -hmm. And I still say that, you know, this last one doesn't seem to fit any of the other stuff from the supposed time periods of sightings. The year's not in the seven, so on and so forth. So, yeah, a big grain of salt here. And I still think this was somebody looking for their 15 minutes of fame. Mm -hmm. It seems like the photo has not ever been put out there or anything like that. So there's a big grain of salt with me on that one. This next one is an article of an encounter that I ran across in the Midland Daily News. It's about a story that was originally recounted to the What Lurks Beneath YouTube channel, and it's by a truck driver and six-year Army veteran named Joe Barger. And yes, it occurred in a year ending in a seven, 2017 to be exact. Mr. Barger says, while transporting a 43,000-pound load of paper, from a mill in northern Michigan through the Manisti Forest on his typical route, he realized while he was driving he had an air leak. Wanting to fix it before he got too far into the forest, he stopped to look at it. He found the air leak by the back brake chamber on the trailer, and having the material to fix it, crawled underneath the trailer when he started to get kind of a bad feeling. I was hearing a vocalization that wasn't natural, Barger said. It wasn't a sound I had ever heard before. I was looking around and I saw some shadowing in the wood line, but there was plenty of light to see. It was nowhere getting dark yet, and knowing I was in bear country, I perceived the shadowing to be a black bear at that time and decided to go. The woods continued to give Barger a bad feeling, but he thought everything was normal until he started to drive again. He checked his driver's side mirror for any traffic on the two-lane road at the bottom of the hill. There was no traffic. As he started going up the hill, he looked in his right side mirror, and he saw it was way darker than it should be. There was a woofhead the size of my window, and my windows were down, Barger said. He was trotting along next to me, and I was going like 20-25 miles an hour at that point and he was stooping down on two legs, looking down inside my cabin. I'm at nine feet tall on my seat. His hands were coming up scratching on my windowsill and on my door handle. According to Barger, time slowed down. I thought I was like in an alternate reality or something, because a creature like this 
doesn't exist in reality or reality I've ever known. Barger continued, I have heard of Bigfoot and I know those to be something that is talked about, but this, this is a whole different thing altogether. It has a lot of sharp teeth and the teeth on this thing were like brilliant white, Barger said in the video. Three inch long fangs, bottom and top, pure black pointed ears. It had yellow eyes with human-like hands probably 14 inches across. It was at least 10 foot tall from how it was stooping and looking into my cabin. His yellow eyes were darting all over the place and looking at me. This creature looked mad and determined to get me. He was sneering. He wasn't making any noises vocally, but the looks he was giving me and the intelligence in his eyes was telling me, I'm here to get you and there's nothing you can do about it. That is when he remembered his handgun. Barger pulled his 45 Colt strapped to his waist and took two shots at the creature. He instantly went down, Barger said. I was looking at him as he was sliding into the weeds. I was almost point-blank range, so I'm pretty sure I got him through the eye socket. His head was huge. Everything on this animal was black except his teeth and his eyes. I wasn't really panicked, but it's definitely the scaredest I've ever been in my life, Barger stated. You can go to the YouTube channel where the account was originally posted to hear the rest of the story, including the feds taking an interest in what Barger did. That link is in the show notes. Here is another Michigan incident from 2017 as it was recounted. I was driving home from a friend's house one evening a few years ago, sometime between March and June of 2017. I remember the date because it coincided with a grueling stint as a farmhand at a horse ranch. We had spent the evening reading, conversing, watching the sunset. We may have lit a pipe and sipped a dram of whiskey. I cannot distinguish the gathering from many others like it. With that handful of close friends, we routinely stayed up till two or three in the morning. On this particular occasion, I left around 2.30 in the morning. Given the hour, I was tired, but not particularly sleepy, nor was I under the influence of alcohol or other intoxicating substance. My family's house where I was living at the time was about 25 minutes south, down US-23. The area occasionally gets so foggy in the wee hours of the morning that it is easier to drive with no headlights, but this night was fairly clear. I got off at exit 25 Plank Road. The ramp is a couple hundred feet long with a clump of trees to the left and a strip of woods with a small lake behind it on the right. The woods are separated from the pavement by a short, steep, downward slope. On the shoulder of the road, about two-thirds of the way up on the right-hand side, lay a carcass. My heart skipped a beat. My first thought was, that's a human body. Though I had been slowing down as I exited the highway, at first I drove right by the body, coming to a halt only at the stop sign about 50 feet away. But curiosity made me return. I put the car in reverse until I was alongside the carcass. It was covered in light brown, shaggy hair. 
It was stretched out face down. It had definite hips and shoulders so that I was certain it was not a deer. Roadkill deer are extremely common around here. I have observed them in all stages of decomposition and this was certainly not a deer. This observation lasted just a few seconds, but then the loneliness in the late hour got the better of me and I drove on. It did not cross my mind to take a picture or exit my vehicle for a closer look. It is easy to criticize this behavior from the armchair, but let me assure you that getting out of there fast was more important to me than snapping a picture. Get a picture, lose your life. The next day around noon, I went back to see if it was still there, but it was not. There was a large wet patch on the pavement about the shape of the creature, from which protruded several wet streaks that abruptly ended as if someone had dragged the carcass up onto a trailer. Again, it did not cross my mind to get out and collect fur samples or sniff around for a scent. I was not cryptid-minded at that point. Google searches and local records could not shed light on the particular occurrence. The only other people who I know claimed to have seen were my brother and sister, who had been getting off the exit several hours earlier. Their description coincided with mine, as did his conclusion that it could not have been a deer. Also, the fact that my level-headed sister saw it, too, has lent credibility in the eyes of others. I did not know it at the time, but apparently Michigan has a legend of a dogman, a half-dog, half-man that can walk erect. It is very quick and often spotted near roads, peeking out of the woods and making faces at cars. The first recorded sighting was in 1887. Apparently, and this fact quite surprised me, sightings of it are by far the most frequent in 10-year cycles, starting with that initial sighting. That is... It is most often seen in years ending in seven. Why this would be the case, I have no idea. Perhaps it was just a coincidence that this was 2017. Love the podcast. Keep it up. This next one is from the same location as the truck driver, but this one is from 1975 or so. It goes on to say, I never saw it. I was newly married, about 21 years old, and had a small baby. My sister, who was a teenager, was visiting us. My husband, my sister, and I had all gone to our bedrooms to settle down and to go to sleep. I would say it was around 11 or 12 at night. We were just starting to relax and getting sleepy when out of nowhere there was this horrible, loud, howl, yell type of scream. I mean, it was so loud it made my chest vibrate and my ears hurt. The sound was not human, but had a guttural, human-like sound mixed with that sound like a wolf almost. We were living in a mobile home at the time and it howled just outside our back door in the hallway near our bedroom. We jumped out of bed, looked at each other, and both said at the same time, what the hell was that? My husband was 10 years older than I was and was an avid hunter. He wasn't the kind of guy to scare easily. His face drained of color. My sister came running down the hallway, white as a ghost, and said, What was that? I told her I didn't know. My husband said he was getting his rifle and grabbed it out of the closet. He opened the back door and yelled out into the wind, You better get the blankety-blank out of here, or I will blow your head off. He listened for a moment, 
and I yelled to please shut the door. He did, and we never heard any more after that. But needless to say, we stayed up all night afraid to go to sleep. I have never forgotten that howl. There is no way it was a dog or coyotes. I have heard both of those howls. In all fairness, not having seen what created this noise, this past account could just as easily be attributed to another very well-known cryptid with big feet. But here is an account from 2016. I encountered a bipedal, wolf-like creature here in western Michigan, and it's got me spooked. I was out shoveling snow, as is common here in this state. My encounter happened in a place just south of Rothbury, Michigan. I decided to take a walk in my family's woods one day. That's when my life changed forever. My family owns 270 acres of land here in the town slash city of Montague, Michigan. I ventured out into those woods as I have done many, many times. The walk started as any other would. I started to follow the creek south to check our deer stands on our property. The walk went as planned until I got about 300 yards south of the house. I stopped to have a cigarette. My eyes started to wonder as I scoped for deer or coyote. As I gazed back and forth, I noticed this figure and froze. I mean, I literally froze. This thing made eye contact with me, and when he stood up, it was hairy, had very broad shoulders and amber-colored eyes. It let out a growl unlike any other I've heard. This wolf, as I call it, leaps, makes two leaps and was gone. The most surprising thing about this encounter was how silent the woods were up to when I had the encounter. That's the last experience we're going to cover right now in, in this episode. But, you know, it sounds like there are a lot of sightings in the Manisti National Forest area. And the legend in this area does predate the atrocities to the indigenous people and is definitely a part of their culture. Not all encounters happen in a year that ends in a seven. But, according to the records, it does seem that the reports drastically ramp up in those years. I wonder, could it be a biological thing, like, say, mating season or something? I mean, locusts mate every seven years, so just think about how deer sightings and collisions with vehicles increases the time of year when they're in, in mating season. Another thing you often hear in these reports is how eerily quiet the woods get. The same thing with Bigfoot sightings. What could cause this? Well, one thought is this could definitely be explained by pheromones or some type of infrasound. So what are they? What is a dogman? Are they flesh and blood creatures? A multi-dimensional being? An elemental? A hoax? A legend that just won't die? All the above or something else altogether? What do you think, Deb? I think until it's Proven to exist beyond a shadow of a doubt, any of those options could exist. Yeah, you're right on that. And one of the interesting things that Barger says in his complete interview that I listened to was he talks about the feds claiming that it's something of theirs. And that's a pretty wild claim. So what about you folks? Have you had your own dogman encounter? If so, we would love to hear 
And as always, our contact info can be found in the show notes of this episode. Thanks for listening, and until next time, when we discuss another tale yet to be told. Thank you for listening, and remember to like and share the show. We would also appreciate a five-star rating wherever possible to help new listeners find the show. We welcome all questions or comments you may have about this or any other episode, and our contact information can be found in the show notes of this episode. You can also follow us at foreverparanormal.com. And if you'd like to support us, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash foreverparanormal. The links to these are also in the show notes of this episode.